No news is bad news. Let's talk about that. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I am your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of this show. You can follow me at Daily Panthers on Twitter for all your news, sports, analysis, tips, tricks, thoughts, all the things. And today, we need to talk once again about the Brian Burns contract saga. Apparently, Brian Burns dad is not happy making comments on videos that the Panthers put out or live streams that they put out saying that Brian is not happy I think is what he said so at this point I don't really know what to believe or what to think about this whole thing what I do not understand though is why we would do everything we did and not have a plan to sign him what are we doing If Scott Fitter and David Tepper don't get this deal done, I don't know who they're going to sign. What was the point of getting a rookie quarterback? We were told this whole time, getting a rookie quarterback gives you flexibility. Getting a rookie quarterback gives you the ability to pay other players. Getting a rookie quarterback allows you to spread out the wealth of all your players. If we don't pay Brian Burns, who are we going to pay? And I'm not saying give him Joey, not Joey, God, Nick Bosa money. I'm not saying pay him $34 million. So with the caveat that that is what he wants, if he wants $34 million a year, obviously no. But 30 or under, why are we not signing that contract now? Literally, if he even if he wants TJ Watt money at this point, $28 million, throw it in there. I don't care anymore. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? And what is Brian Burns doing? Dude, sign the contract. I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at everybody at this point. Stop asking for Nick Bosa money, Brian Burns. You are not Nick Bosa. He is head and shoulders above you. Period. More sacks than you in like 13 less games. And you completely disappeared against the Bucks. Completely. The most important game of the year. Nowhere to be found. And Scott Fitter, your seat is getting warmer by the day. Warmer by the day. If you don't get this deal done after giving away everything you gave to Bryce Young and then not getting two probably top 10 picks and a second round pick, early second round pick, we could have recouped pretty much everything we gave up for Bryce Young. Are you kidding me? And you want to play around? With this franchise and this dude, get him signed. Why is that so hard? And why every day are we hearing no progress, no progress, no progress? And why is Brian Burns practicing and we're not talking to him? Get off the freaking practice field and get in the freaking front office. I know he has an agent. I'm just mad. I'm sorry. But this freaking agent. Oh my God. God, maybe he's the one causing all this problem, or she, whoever. Maybe they are causing all these problems because I am so done with everyone in this process. We have a new franchise quarterback, brand new coaching staff. We've gotten rid of Matt Rule. We are moving into a new era of Panthers football, and I am more mad than ever because of this 
stupid contract negotiation. I am so tired. Today is the day. Friday is the day. That's it. If it doesn't get signed today, I don't think it's going to get signed this season. I'm just going off the precedent that was set. Usually guys don't negotiate in the middle of a season. Or their agents don't. But if Brian Burns decides not to play because he doesn't want to get hurt, he's going to lose a lot of money. And he's going to risk injury even further. I don't think that's the move. He needs to get this deal done today for him and for us. Period. The deal needs to get done today or else it's not getting done. We're going to have to franchise tag him. Maybe we'll sign him next year, but we're going to have to franchise tag him if we can't get this deal done today. I don't know what else to say. I am so mad at everyone involved in this process, and I don't understand why we cannot pay our best player. What is... Thirty million represent from the cap. What is the cap like? I don't remember off the top of my head. Like two thirty, two forty. We've we're not paying our quarterback anything for this reason. How can other teams afford to pay their players when they have much more expensive products? I, I just watching the Chiefs last night. If you watch that game, they're paying Patrick Mahomes like fifty million dollars a year, and somehow they can afford. To pay all their guys. And ironically enough, they do have a contract dispute with Chris Jones. But I've seen the contract they've offered Chris Jones. And it's more than fair. And they can afford to pay Chris Jones that money. But we can't afford to pay Brian Burns when we don't. We have a 50 million head start on the Chiefs. Like 45 million head start. They have 45, 50 million dedicated to their quarterback position. And we have... Nothing. We are paying our backup more money than we are paying our starter. And yet we are dragging our feet on this. How do teams that are paying guys their quarterbacks $45, $50 million a year? Just look at the Giants. They're paying Dexter. They afforded to pay Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. We can figure this out. Don't give me this bull crap about oh well uh he wants this much money and we can't afford that we literally signed a rookie quarterback to be able to afford that that was the big pitch scott the big pitch flexibility in the cap hmm? we have the second richest owner in the nfl just restructure these things man look at the saints and Everyone wants to talk about the Saints kicking the can down the road and not being a super successful team. I don't think they're unsuccessful because they kicked the can down the road. I don't think that's the case. I just think they pay the wrong guys and they pay old guys. And they lost one of the probably top five quarterbacks in the modern era. That'll do it to you. But we can restructure Come on, man. Backload the contract, whatever it takes. That's the strategy that some GMs use of just backloading the contract and then extending it out later. That's kind of what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, where they give him a little bit of money up front and more money in the back because they can just extend him and spread that out a little bit more. And also, the cap will be bigger in a few years than it is now. So, do a little bit of 
cap work, man. That's your job. If he can't get this deal done, I don't. It's over. I really do think it's over. If Scott Fitter can't sign Brian Burns with everything that's happened so far, all these muffed up draft picks, the trades like Matt Corral and DJ Johnson, that's going to be his undoing. But the Brian Burns inability to sign him, that will be the icing on the cake. That will be the straw that broke the camel's back. Scott Fitter will not have a job here in two years if he cannot sign Brian Burns. You don't say, I'm not going to trade two first-round picks and a second-round pick and then not pay the man. If you didn't want this problem, you should have traded him when you had the chance. You can't say, oh, there's no player like Brian Burns. He's the most important person on this defense. He's a leader in the locker room. He's worth two first-round picks and a second-round pick, which is basically equivalent to what we paid for Bryce Young. And then we don't pay him. And those of you who say it's not equivalent to Bryce Young, what did we do with Bryce Young? We swapped a first, swapped, did not trade, swapped, traded a second first-round pick, and then DJ Moore. So... DJ Moore was worth one first round pick according to other trade offers we got. So, and then we're getting a second round pick. And we traded two, one or two second round picks for Bryce Young. That's not the point. Well, it kind of is because that's how much we basically declined for Brian Burns. Literally two first round picks and a second round pick. If you don't want to pay a man, you should have drafted a defensive end in the top 10, which you could have done. Had you have made that trade, but you gotta, you gotta pay someone at some point. You can't say on rookie contracts forever. Isn't that the point of the rookie contract? Is to give you flexibility elsewhere to be able to pay the guys who deserve it. Who else deserves it more than Brian Burns? No one. You said it yourself. You said it. You are the one who said it, not us. Obviously, we said it too, but. This is coming from you in quotes from our coaching staff and quotes from our front office, not just the fans saying all of these things that I just mentioned. Yet we don't want to pay him. We're hamstringing. Is that a word? Hamstrung over a few million dollars over the lifetime of the contract, probably $15 million over the lifetime of the contract. What is three times five? 15, $150 million. 110 guaranteed. Throw it now. I don't care. 140 maybe. Make it 28 a year. Why not? And if Brian's worried about losing value, make it a three-year contract. I don't care. Make it work. That's your job. And if Scott Fitterer has made these offers, this is what being quiet does no one good. This is a good lesson for y'all in the workplace if you are silent about a subject people will fill it with their biggest insecurities okay if you are silent about something people will fill it with their worst fears if there is an issue at work and you say nothing about it they will just fill in the blanks themselves and that's what's happening with this fan base you want to be quiet about everything okay that's fine 
for a front office who has proven themselves worthy to get the benefit of the doubt. But at this point, you have given me no reason to give you the benefit of the doubt. You have given me no reason to trust you. And there's only a few coaches on this staff that I have the benefit of the doubt right now. Frank Reich just got fired. He was not that successful at Indy. Not that he has anything to do with this, but even our new hires. Hero Overo. Okay, yeah. Chris Haber. Yep. I wasn't bought into him at first, but I am now. James Campen. Yep. Everyone else in the front office, they got something to prove. Frank Reich's got something to prove, and he knows that. But this has nothing to do with him. But I will say, the reason I bring up Frank Reich is because he is riding the fence. Which is, he's got to. He's got to. He's got no choice. But the effect of riding the fence and saying nothing, and Scott Fitter saying nothing, David Tepper saying nothing, is that this fan base is going to fill in the blanks themselves. So this is the result that you get when you have the track record that they have. They have never given us a reason to trust them. They have never given us a reason to give them the benefit of the doubt, so they're not going to start getting it now. And if Brian Burns signs a contract today, then honestly, I'm not even going to be that happy. I'll be glad that he signed, but I'll be like, why didn't this happen two months ago? And even if you want to argue Nick Bosa, how long ago we were saying Brian Burns is going to be in the range of 23 to 27 million. If he gets more than that, then it makes sense. I see why he waited. But if he gets around that range, if he gets no more than 27, I will be livid as to why this did not happen two months ago. It makes no sense to me. Yes, Brian Burns compares to Max Crosby. That's true. He does not compare to Nick Bosa. But Max Crosby already signed his contract. He is under contract, period. It's done. Brian Burns is not. And the Raiders were offered two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Max Crosby. We were. We have no leverage except the franchise tag. Brian Burns has leverage, but he needs to make up his mind. If he's going to sail on us like Julius Peppers did, then do it, man. Call it a day. But we better not get nothing back. Throw him on that non-exclusive franchise tag. Get us a couple first-round picks at least. And call it a day. But I'm not going to stand around here and wait. And go on this roller coaster with Brian Burns. No. Mm-mm. And say something. Stop being a coward. You're a man. Speak for yourself. Stop letting all these other people speak for you. I don't care if it's a contract negotiation. It's You're a man. Speak up. Say something. Have a, like answer questions. Stop shaking your head every time you come through the locker room. It is a business. I get that. I've said that many times. So answer for your business. You are a businessman. Businessman, businessman. I think that's a Jay-Z lyric. Speak up, Brian. Say something. You're going to have to talk to the press at some point. And if you don't sign this contract, it's going to be all season. And you're not going to you're not going to not talk to them all season. And the first question they ask about your contract dispute, you're going to if you're a little baby about it, then I will lose respect for you. 
You need to answer the questions openly as you can and honestly, not just say, we're getting all this work done. Uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't come to a compromise. Answer the questions. Scott Fitter, answer for yourself too. Both of you need to come out and answer questions. Stop hiding. Stop hiding from our media. Stop hiding from the fan base so they can stop asking Frank Reich where the deal is. Our media, I'm mad at them too. They ask the same dang questions every single press conference. Every single press conference is, where do we stand with Brian Burns? And then Frank Reich will be like, uh, I don't really have any updates. And then they'll be like, so with the Brian Burns' contract saga, has he told you anything? They'll be like, I don't really have any updates. I uh, don't know what to tell you. I just told you I don't have any updates. And then they'll rephrase it and be like, so with Brian Burns, is there like anything that you could tell us about your game plan? And do you know if he's going to play on Sunday? I don't really have any updates. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't know how many times they can rephrase and reshape the same question over and over and over and over and over. Just let it go. Do you? And the worst part is, the worst part is, it's not even going to be Frank Reich or Scott Fitter or David Tepper who tells them. It's going to be Adam Schefter on Twitter, like a throwaway Friday tweet. If we don't get the deal done by lunch, it's not getting done this season. That's my guess. That's my guess. I don't know for sure. But, yeah. Anyway, I have, once again, run this topic into the ground. But, I mean, our best player is in a contract dispute two days before the first game with our franchise quarterback who we just drafted. So I don't know what else to do at this point. But let's get some predictions in. I want to get some predictions on the tape so that I have a track record so that I can look back and see what I decided was going to happen to see how close I was. So I am predicting, first of all, the Panthers record will be 9-8, and eight, and they will start the season 2-4. and 2-4 four. Two and four to start the season, and then they will end the season 7-4 and four to bring them to 9-8, and eight, I think. I think that they will open the season with a win against the Falcons, and then they will snag one more win in there in their first six, and then after that, they will find their stride, and they will win a few more. But yeah, I've got the Falcons as a win, and then one more of the next five, I think, is going to be a win. And then we win seven out of 11 in the next one to bring us to nine and eight. Bryce Young will have 3,000 yards passing, 24 touchdowns. And here's my big prediction. I think Bryce Young will have more rushing touchdowns in the NFL this season. I think he will equal... The amount of rushing touchdowns he had in college. He had seven rushing touchdowns in college. I think he'll have seven rushing touchdowns here. He's got sneaky speed. A lot of people don't really talk about his speed, his mobility, his quickness, his ability to avoid big hits. And I think that the Panthers haven't had a mobile quarterback really in a few years. Sam Darnold had some sneakily good wheels on him. You have to use sneaky because he's white. That's the rules. But other than him, really, we haven't had anybody who could run the ball like that since Cam. So, yeah, seven rushing touchdowns this season for Bryce Young. That's my big prediction. 
That's a lot for him because that's how much he had his entire college career. Think about that. So, uh, prediction number three, the Panthers will not have a thousand yard rusher. Period. I do not think anyone on this team, I don't think Miles Sanders, Juba Hubbard, no one will have a thousand yards rushing. I just don't see it. Committee. Yeah, by committee. There's going to be too much stuff spread out. I don't think that our guys will stay healthy. Miles Sanders has a history of soft soft tissue injuries and just injuries in general. I don't think anyone's going to stay healthy enough to get a 1,000 yards rushing. I really don't. Um, and then after that, I think we will have 1,000-yard receiver. I don't know who it's going to be. I'm going to go ahead and throw out my prediction for Jonathan Mingo. But... I'm not totally sure, but I will say I think that the Panthers will have a 1,000-yard rusher. Or, sorry, receiver. A 1,000-yard receiver. They will not have a 1,000-yard rusher due to injuries and spreading out the load. But they will have 1,000-yard receiver. I don't know who it's going to be, but if I had to choose, it would be Jonathan Bingo, which is an average of how many games are there? 17, so about 75 yards a game. There's no other receivers on the team, so at this point, they're all hurt. But they will come back soon, hopefully. But, yeah, a 1,000-yard receiver, I think it's going to be Jonathan Mingo. This is another big prediction. I think J.C. Horn will make an all-pro team. I think he will be an all-pro cornerback, whether it's first, second, or third team. I think this is the year. I think this is his breakout year. Patrick Sertan and Sauce Gardner are in the AFC um, well, actually, it doesn't go by AFC, NFC. I'm sorry. But you've got those two guys over there that are just on the top of my head of maybe the two best quarterbacks in the game right now. And I think J.C. Horn is right there with him. Maybe a step below just because he can't stay healthy, which is he could make second team all pro. But I think that he will be an all pro. I think he will, and he will stay healthy. He'll have his first healthy season this is the year for him to break through if not now when you know this is his chance i think that this is when he will break through all pro first second third team all pro one of three and my last big prediction the panthers will be a top seven defense now there's a lot of different ways you can quantify Top defense, total defense, turnovers, sacks, pressure rate. Just overall, I think the Panthers are going to be a top seven defense. I think it's going to be a combination of all of the things that I just said. As long as Brian Burns plays, it will be a top seven defense. In pressure rate, I think they'll be top 10. In sack rate, I think they'll be top 10 to 12. Turnovers, I think we're going to get more than we're used to this year. I do. I think we're going to get more than we're used to. Total defense, I think we're going to be in the top five, top seven total defense. So all in all, I really do think that, and we're going to be a top run defense too. I think we'll be a top seven defense in the NFL. That's my big prediction for our defense. And, um, you know, that kind of goes with the caveat of we got to stay healthy for the most part. We can have some injuries like any team, but we've got to stay healthy at least to an extent, at least with our cornerbacks. If our cornerbacks get hurt, 
you know, all bets are off. But barring injuries, you know, in uh, I hate when people say barring injuries and then like make a prediction that they know like someone's going to get injured. You can't say like barring injuries. They will have 10 wins. It's like they're they're going to have injuries. It happens to every team. You don't go through a season without injuries. So, I will say barring major injuries, they will have a top 7 defense. Of course, some guys are going to be out a game or two, but I'm talking season-ending, early season injuries to main guys. I'm not even going to put that out there as to who, because I don't want to manifest that in the universe, but those humongous catastrophic injuries. I'm going to stop talking about them. This seems like bad luck. I don't believe in luck, so it's fine. But So, yes, top seven defense, barring that. So those are my main predictions. So the Panthers record would be 9-8. and eight. Bryce Young with 3,000 yards, passing, 24 touchdowns. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of picks. Just based off of the way he throws the ball in the preseason, I don't think he's taking a lot of chances this year. I think he'll have single-digit picks. Somewhere around 8 or 9, I think. Um, He'll have more rushing touchdowns than he did in all of college or equal to. So 7 or more rushing touchdowns. That's a freaking lot. Panthers will not have a 1,000-yard rusher. That's probably the least hot take that I have there. J.C. Horn will make an... Actually, that's probably his. J.C. Horn will make an all-pro team. And the Panthers will have a top 7 defense. So I've got a couple... A couple crazy ones in there. Those kind of range from like craziness level. Even the nine and eight for the Panthers. I could see them going seven and ten or six and eleven. It's hard because last year we really over over excelled in some places. Like if you would have told me we went seven and ten last year, I would have believed you. But if you would have told me we went seven and ten with wins against the teams that we had, I would not have believed you i don't know if y'all remember who we beat but we beat some good teams we beat the saints the first game we beat the bucks the second game that we won we beat the falcons (laughs) so three division wins we beat the broncos the seahawks the lions and the saints again so the broncos kind of surprised me but the Seahawks and Lions, those were the big surprises, especially the way we beat the Lions. So even though we went 7-10 and 10 last year, I think we snuck out a couple of wins that we probably shouldn't have. They were upsets for sure. The Lions was a major upset. They were 9-8 and eight last year and a good team. The Seahawks was an upset. I've never been that impressed with Geno Smith, but everyone seems to love him. So all in all, I think that the Panthers will probably be around where they were last year, record-wise, unless they overachieve again. But I've got them at 9-8, and eight, so I'm a little bit optimistic. I've got a little bit of hopium, or copium, whatever you want to call it. And I think that they will sneak out a couple wins that they probably shouldn't, and take a couple losses that they probably shouldn't. So, all in all, I think it's going to be an interesting season going into it. And uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Brian Burns. Hopefully the next time I talk to y'all, he will be signed. But at this point, I am not holding my breath. I will talk to you Monday, where hopefully we will be 1-0 with a Brian Burns contract in hand. If not, we will be 0-1 with no Brian Burns contract in hand. (laughs) So we'll see you on Monday. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace.